0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Sunday service. Good
1: morning. Good morning. Please turn to number 90 and we'll begin our worship with "We'll worship the King,
2: our glories above.
1: Maker, defender, redeemer, and end.
2: Amen. And now we will have our call to worship this morning. Good
0: morning. Good morning. Good morning. Call to worship this morning is Psalm 103, verses one through six. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed.
2: Amen. What, what a very encouraging word uh, in that psalm from the Songbook of Israel. And now let us continue to worship the Lord in song with this song of surrender, number 414, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, 414. pray. Lord God, we are gathered here this morning to worship you. We believe that you are present with us, that your Holy Spirit is here, not only in us, but around us, surrounding us, working your will in our lives. We pray that as we worship you, that you would help us to focus on you through the songs, through the prayers, through the readings, and especially through your word. Um, Mold us and make us after your will, because we have been in your presence. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, the Savior King, and for his glory. Amen. And now, um, if you would, uh, take your bulletin inserts. Let us pray together this uh, traditional prayer of confession. Almighty and most merciful God, we acknowledge and confess that we have sinned against thee in thought and word and deed and we have not loved thee with all our heart and soul, with all our mind and strength, and that we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We beseech thee, O God, to be forgiving to what we have been, to help us amend what we are, and of thy mercy to direct what we shall be so that the love of goodness may ever be first in our hearts and we may always walk in thy commandments and ordinances blameless and follow unto our lives ends in the steps of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And I like that. It's short, but it covers just about everything. And here is our word of assurance from the Apostle John. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What an amazing encouragement from God Himself. We will continue to worship God now with two songs. Number 588, Come, Ye Thankful People, Come. And then number 253, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross.
1: Is glad that we hold so great and pure baby. be for the Lord our God shall come.
2: Amen, and now you may be seated for the reading of God's word this morning.
0: Scripture this morning is from 2 Corinthians chapter four verses 1 through 15, and a sentence from Matthew. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken, but life in you. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Amen. We have Matthew 5, verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its savor, wherefore shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot, of men.
2: Amen. Amen. And now let us uh, go to the back of our songbook, and we will recite together number 626, the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him, all things were made. For us, and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death, And was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. All right. Let us now go to the Lord in prayer. Three in one God... The more we know you By both Experiencing you in our lives And encountering you In your word mm-hmm. The more we realize there is More to you Than we ever Imagined So please help us to be more And more in awe of you Each and every day Of our lives You are awesome and awe-inspiring. We have reached the same conclusion about your son, the Savior King, that John the Baptizer reached, and we say with him, he must increase and we must decrease. Because we can say with the church-planting Apostle Paul, we know that when we are weak, you are strong. Thank you for your word to us this morning. As with all your word and all your ways, it is a great paradox. But even though there are great difficulties, honestly presented by the Holy Spirit, and a strong warning from Jesus, the bottom line is that we can rejoice in our great weakness compared to Jesus? Because it is through our weakness, yes, we are made from the dust of the earth and we're broken and cracked. Through that, your light of the glorious good news of Jesus the Savior shines so that those who are still under the influence of the God of this age may see you in us and we may proclaim to them the one who is the way and the truth and the life. May this glorious truth rise up to fill our heart. And we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are in Christ In Christ with us, we are one in him. We pray for those living in North Korea, Nigeria, Nicaragua, Haiti, Ukraine, Russia, China, and other nations where hatred and violence against your church is strong. We also pray for our consumerist nation where people mistake vanities for necessities and neglect your word to give themselves fully to you and the life of Jesus so that we should be reaching out to and assisting your people, the last, the least, in the loss. So please, first revive your church, and also may there be an awakening to Jesus among people who are spiritually dead. And as for our church family, friends, and our community, Father, we pray for Ally for the continued healing of her back and her other needs. And we especially pray for her family, whom she loves. And um, we also especially lift up her granddaughter, Misty, this morning. Um, just do your wonderful, perfect will in her life. We pray for Peter, Linda, Billy, their mother, their entire family, and also all that is in their heart to help others to come into a saving relationship with the Savior. And please give to Ginny the desires of her heart. We pray for Christine, Ken, Curt and Dory, Sally and Jimmy, Charlie, Rob, Mary, Please be with Elan as well as Rebecca and Ella. We pray for Cindy and Jeff and others that they may someday join us to worship in person. Let it be in your timing. And to those who are unable to attend a local church today, we pray for Noel and Darren, Al and Carol, and my sister, Father, Please work a miracle of grace in them by your spirit. And please help me to explain, interpret, and apply your word correctly. And would you please change us all uh, for your glory. Lord, start with me and do a work in us greater than the words that I may speak. And now we come together with one heart and one voice to pray the prayer given to us by Jesus. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now before we go uh, deeper into God's word, or deep into it, let's sing number 307, And Can It Be That I Should Gain. Charles Wesley wrote some pretty powerful hymns, and this is one of them. 307.
1: You sound.
2: Amazing. Life in this world is hard. Everyone is susceptible to illness, violence, emotional pain, hunger, lack of resources, loneliness, and multiple other hurts. And we all have an expiration date. We will all die. We just don't know when. Now, people cope with these uncertainties in a variety of ways and with differing degrees of success. But in the long run, there is only one person who can give us the comfort we need when the trials we are living with would overwhelm us. And that person is the Savior King, Jesus Christ. Now, I remember when my sister had first given her life to Jesus and began to attend the church that is still her church, The year was 1984. Now, I had given her some Keith Green cassette tapes. And that summer, her five-year-old son, my nephew, and his friend got too close to a dangerous dog from next door. He mauled my nephew and actually bit off the top of one of his ears. Now, she was a nurse. And as she rode with him in the ambulance to the hospital where she worked, she had a song playing in her head. How can they live without Jesus? How can they live without God's love? Now, I can't sing it as Keith Green sang it, but that was the song she heard. And later she told me she had the peace of God through all of this. Now, by the time he was a teenager, there were no visible marks on my nephew's body. In fact, I've forgotten about that incident more or less. It was so long ago. Well, as Debbie and I were praying for him, and at this time we were dating, we weren't even engaged. I reminded the Lord of what he did when Peter cut off the servant's ear while Jesus was being arrested. Now, listen to me. He did not have to answer that prayer. Okay? He didn't have to answer it. But in this case, he graciously did. I've prayed for miracles less than that that have not happened. Now, our passage this morning deals with persecution and the daily dying with Jesus in the everyday lives of Christians in Jesus' church. So with this introduction, let's consider the Apostle Paul's testimony of how Jesus gave him and his team life and victory in an evil world. So, once again, I don't know, most pastors have three-part sermons. I see everything usually dividing into two. And the first part this morning is the glorious gospel of Messiah, namely that God brings the light of the knowledge to hearts who are in Messiah, giving his church treasures in jars of clay. All right, let's narrow it down a bit. Paul begins talking about how his team has a ministry because they've been shown mercy. So they proclaim the gospel to the glory of the Messiah as servants for his sake. So now let's go through it uh, word for word. Paul begins, for this reason, having this ministry, just as we have been shown mercy We are not fainting. Let me remind you, and you can look up the whole story in Acts 9. But the Lord chose Paul as his vessel to carry his name before the nations and also the sons of Israel. Now, because Paul had received God's mercy, which he had been shown, Paul is stating this, he was given endurance to carry out the ministry he was given. If we've really experienced God's mercy, and if we're living in that, he will give us more than we can handle in ourselves, but he will give us endurance as we remain in him. Paul continues, but we have renounced the hidden shameful deed, not walking in craftiness nor distorting the word of God, but bringing to light the truth, commending ourselves to every conscience of men in the presence of God. So, Paul and his team have been given grace to disown every shameful act and, and, and I've been there. I, I don't know if you all have been there. But these shameful acts used to make them feel they had to hide this. So other people would never know because they had to keep up the appearance that they were good enough. And let me just add this in. This is what is so great about the gospel of Jesus. When we know he will forgive whatever sins we can confess. Why should we worry about what other people think or try to build ourselves up? Let God do it for us. And then he says, now they can bring the light to light, the truth. And what is the truth? Jesus. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Continuing on, Paul says, but if also it had been hidden, our gospel, To those perishing, it had been hidden. Those in whom the God of this age blinded the minds of the unbelieving in order to not discern the light of the glorious gospel of Messiah. And here's something and I know from talking to some of you, I think it bothers anyone who really knows Jesus. But people who are not believing the gospel of Jesus, and I'm not talking about mental ascent, but as a way of life, as the way they live their life, these people are perishing. Now, the God of this age also goes by the name accuser in English and deceiver. You know, that is Satan in his other name. He does that to those who do not actually have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them yet. He's causing blindness in those without fully committed faith in the faithful Jesus. But after all these depressing words, Paul reminds us of the glory of the gospel. Everything about Messiah Jesus and all that he did is glorious good news for all people. Then Paul says he, the Messiah, is being in the image of God because not ourselves were proclaiming, you know, God forgive and change any preacher who preaches himself. But Jesus Christ, Lord, but ourselves, servants of you all for the sake of Jesus. So what's happening here? First of all, Jesus Christ. Uh, I wish we would translate proper names, too. Because Jesus Christ means savior king in English. And that describes who he is. That's exactly who he is. He is the image of God because he is God. He is the sovereign Lord of all he created. And then Paul says not ourselves. Paul says his team does not proclaim anything of themselves. But they are always proclaiming or preaching the Savior, King Jesus Christ. And they are doing this as servants of all people for whom Jesus died. He died for everybody, but some people haven't received that yet. But Paul's saying he's doing it so they may be forgiven, so all people may become disciples of Jesus. And this is for Jesus' sake, because he desires all to be saved and come to acknowledge, of the truth, 1 Timothy 2. I put it on the back of the bulletin this morning. Okay, the remainder of the first half, Paul says, in summary, God brought light from darkness to bring the light of knowledge, the knowledge to, to hearts, to his glory in Messiah, and the church has this treasure, the treasure of the good news of Jesus in clay pots. All right, let's go back to Paul again. He says, for God having said, from darkness, the light will shine, which light has shined in our hearts to bring to light the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. First of all, first full paragraph, or first paragraph beyond the introduction of Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and then he spoke into existence the light on the very first day. But Paul's saying beyond that, now God is miraculously working the light of the truth of the Savior King, to shine his glorious light into the hearts of people being saved from sin to become God's adopted children by his grace through his faithfulness. Okay, back to Paul. He says, but we're having this treasure of the gospel of the Savior in earthen vessels. That's literally from the Greek. We could say jars of clay. And the excellency, that the excellency of the power might be of God, not from us, okay? Preach God, not ourselves. We don't have anything to offer. Now, here's a paradox. I just love the paradoxes of God in Scripture. The proclamation of the powerful good news about Jesus is in trust to people made from the earth. Genesis 2-7. God put together some dust, and then he breathed into it. Now, the New Jerusalem Bible uses earthenware pots, In the NIV jars of clay. So bottom line of the first half, it's all about God. God knows what he is doing. We can trust that. His son became human. So that he, God, could reconcile people to himself. This is God's mysterious power. Now, some humorists have said that um, jars of clay are really cracked pots. And to that I say, amen. Yeah, of course. You see, light shines through cracks. So however we look at this verse... God's power is being made known by this reality. God puts his light in jars of clay. Okay, second half of the word this morning, Paul goes on to say, and it gets a little heavier and a little harder here. Always dying with Jesus results in his life being made known and being raised with him so his followers are tasty salt, preserving God's shining light to all. I guess what's hard about this is in order to live, we have to die. So Paul says, despite trouble, his team is not crushed. They are always carrying the death of Jesus in their body. That also his life in their body may be made known. Okay, let's go back to Paul's words. And I think many of us know verses 8 and 9. And it's too hard of a song. Or I would have had us sing, I'm trading my sorrows for the joy of the Lord. Which uses these verses. He says, on every side being troubled but not being crushed. Being puzzled, but not being despairing. This is all in the present tense. Being persecuted, but not being forsaken. Being cast down, but not being destroyed. So Paul is talking that his team is experiencing four types of difficulties in doing their assigned mission. They are troubled, They are puzzled. They are persecuted and they are being cast down. These are all passive. It's happening from the outside into them. How are they being cast down? By the God of this age and by people who are still unbelievers. However, we have peers here for all of these problems by the grace of God They are first in no way crushed, in no way desperate, in no way forsaken, in no way destroyed. The Christian life on this earth is hard. But all believers who persevere in Messiah. Now, here's something that's only by faith. All persevering in Christ will get out alive. That's the reality. That's not what the world thinks. Okay, so Paul continues, always the death of Jesus in the body, carrying about that also the life of Jesus in our body might be made known. Okay, just a little extra thing. I don't know what manifest means, so I looked it up in Webster's Dictionary, and The best definition for me is to make something known. That's why I'm using that phrase. So Jesus says his followers must take up their cross to follow him. And all who die to themselves and their ambitions receive the life of Jesus so they may show his light to make him known to others as his church in the new life of his humility, which he gives. This is the mission of the church, to continue Jesus' mission while he's in heaven before he returns. Okay, next Paul concludes our passage saying, his team is constantly delivered to death for Jesus' sake. Knowing that the one having raised Jesus will raise them with him, resulting in thanksgiving to the glory of God. That's why we sang a thanksgiving song this morning. We don't have to wait till November. We know Jesus. So Paul says, for constantly we... Living to death are being delivered for Jesus' sake, that also the life of Jesus may be made known in our mortal flesh. So there's a lot of repetition here, but with a little twist this time. Ministers of Messiah face death every day they live, but by God's grace, this death with Jesus reveals Jesus his life in them. So first, we heard that Paul said this life is made known in the body of Jesus, the church of Jesus. Now he says the light of Jesus life is made known in people who will die clay pots that will break down that will eventually just wear out. But God puts his light In jars of clay. Continuing, Paul says, so that death in us is working. But the life is in you all. Now here's another mystery. There's no way to explain it. It's part of the sovereign God. Certain ministers are called to a life of greater suffering. Now we're all ministers. Go ahead a few chapters in this very letter to chapter 11. And Paul has some um, 18 verses about everything that he went through in his ministry. But God uses this suffering to bring unbelievers to the faith of Jesus. Paul continues, but having the same spirit of truth. According to what had been written, then he quotes scripture, I believe, therefore I spoke. And then he adds this in saying, we also are believing, therefore we are speaking. So Paul is in the midst of teaching here, but he quotes half of a verse from Psalm 116 the first half of verse 10. And he expects biblically literate people to supply the second half. What is the second half? By his believing and speaking? Well, the psalmist said, I, I am afflicted greatly. So what's Paul doing here? He's using Israel's songbook to continue his theme in this passage that faith in the savior leads to sharing his suffering and affliction but he has more to say and this is it he says but knowing he who having raised up the lord jesus also us with jesus he will raise up and he will bring us into Presence, his presence with you all, raise to life. The resurrection of Jesus changes everything. In fact, it changed the day of worship for God's people from the seventh day to the first day because he rose from the dead on the first day of the week. But it changes much more than that. All who are absolutely convinced Jesus was resurrected from dead know that whatever afflictions they are suffering in their mortal bodies made from the clay of the earth, they will be filled with the resurrection life Namely, the life of Jesus. God puts his light, his light of the life of Jesus in jars of clay. And then Paul concludes, for all this is for the sake of you all, that grace having grown through of the many thanksgiving may overflow to the glory of. Of God. The glory of God. Suffering for Jesus so others may have assurance of forgiveness and salvation in Him results in both His grace increasing and more people becoming thankful. And as more and more jars, clay jars, clay earthenware jars, These people have God's light of salvation in them. And this results in God being greatly glorified. You know, so whenever we feel inadequate, that we don't have any strength in us, and, you know, we're just kind of sloppy jars of clay, not even, you know, ceramics or beautiful pottery or whatever. Remember, God puts his light in jars of clay. And now let's look at this uh, one verse from the Sermon on the Mount, but I think we need to look at it in context. Basically, in this verse, Jesus says his disciples are the salt of the earth, but they must not be made tasteless in order to be cast out. So let's look at the three verses preceding this, the end of the Beatitudes. Jesus has just declared... That those who are persecuted for his sake and for righteousness, they're happy and they will have the reward of the prophets in the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus continued to speak and said, you all are being the salt of the earth. So first, a word of truth. Jesus declares the truth. His disciples are salt which is both a tasty seasoning and a preservative. Then he continues. But if the salt may become tasteless, in what will it be restored to salt? Now, tasteless, salt may lose its taste. And Jesus asks this question, which we must all ask. Can its taste be restored and how? And then he concludes this sentence with a strong warning, really. He says, to nothing it is still being able. If not, it having been cast out to be trampled underfoot by men. Now he's talking about trampled. Jesus issues a strong warning to those who may be proud because of the blessings they have by the grace of God. And if these people should forget God's grace and trust in themselves, they will be cast out and trampled. Thankfully, this is not the last word. Let's look at the immediate context after this verse. Jesus says, That they are light by his grace. And then he commands them. And we heard about light from Paul, right? That it must shine their light before men. In order that man may see their beautiful, good works. And men may glorify the Father in heaven. Okay. That's God's will for us. That's the positive. So let's put everything together that we've heard this morning. We can say this. It is God's will that disciples are called to both preserve and proclaim God's light. It's all about the light of God. The glorious gospel of the Messiah is that God brings the light of knowledge to hearts in Messiah and gives his church this treasure in jars of clay. And his ministers are always dying with Jesus to have his life being made known in them and also to be raised with him. Then They are tasty salt, preserving and proclaiming God's light in Jesus. God puts his light in jars of clay. So, we have to close, I think, singing number 373, The Light of the World is Jesus. Let's share this light with everybody. 373, The Light of the World is Jesus. life, life. And now um, for our benediction, our good word, we will look at what Paul wrote later in this letter to the churches in Corinth. And because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I entreated the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And let us close with number 61. Glorify thy name.